Tú conoces a tu auto mejor que nadie. ¿Y quién mejor que tú para echarle mano cuando lo necesita? ¿No tienes las herramientas? AutoZone te las presta. Se llama Loanatool. Y lo mejor de todo, es gratis. Con Loanatool, AutoZone te presta una gran variedad de herramientas para trabajos de mofle, frenos, motor, aire acondicionado y mucho más. Cuenta con AutoZone para encontrar las herramientas que te hacen falta. En AutoZone te damos lo que necesitas. Restricciones y detalles en la tienda. Welcome to Locked On Bucks, presented by BrewHoop.com, and also presented by Mac Weldon, our wonderful sponsors uh, for today's show. I'm Eric Name. On the other end, on the other line, is Frank Madden. Frank, how are you? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm I'm not wearing my Mac Weldon hoodie right now, uh, but I I am going on a long road trip this weekend, and I made sure to pack it. Uh, to keep me company on my long, my long drive. Uh, Checkbox, other podcasts where we get to mention hoodie. Uh, and let me add our promo code with MacWeld and get 20% off at MacWeldon.com. L-O-B-U-C-K-S, your secret password to wonderful savings all over the internet, I guess. Uh, but I'm I'm doing okay in regards to this basketball game that happened tonight, despite the fact that the Bucks once again led by a lot and then lost by a lot. Um, but uh, this time in Detroit, yeah, the Bucks lose 102 to 78 to the Detroit Pistons, uh, lead at the half of 48 to 40. So if you want to do some quick math, that means the Bucks got 30. In the second half, and the Pistons got whoa man, I'm bad at math. Seventy two, sixty two, sixty two. Yeah, and they 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 actually scored the last seven of the first half too. So basically, they went on a sixty nine to thirty run, which uh, you guys may recall the first half of the Pacer game last week in Evansville was sixty two to thirty one. I think it was. So uh, yeah, blowout halves are becoming weirdly commonplace for the Bucks, especially weird given that they have played really well in, in, in a number of these yeah. games as well and um, and still the Bucks started 2-0 and they're now 2-3, and they have the fourth worst point differential uh, in the NBA preseason and I'm sure we'll talk a bit more about whether that really matters or not or what could be behind uh, some of these droughts on both ends really but uh, tonight it was the Pistons and uh, you know as you were alluding to, it was a tale of two halves. And obviously, uh, I guess the good news is that, that the two guys we care most about, uh, once again, played played pretty well. Um, you know, Jabari Parker, Giannis Adetokounmpo, wash, rinse, repeat. Um, positive stuff to, to say about those guys. Yeah, uh, I guess kind of just looking at it uh, in the first half, uh, I know we normally do happy sad good bad whatever let's start with the happy in the first half uh because i don't think we're gonna have much happy in the second half so in that first half uh Giannis and jabari were everywhere uh they were pretty much doing everything offensively for the bucks uh i believe in the first half uh Giannis scores uh 15 of his 21 parker scores 12 of his 18 in the first half uh also added some assists there they were generally all over the place. The defense was forcing turnover. Well, I don't know if the defense was forcing turnovers. They might have been. Uh, they might have also been capitalizing on some sloppy play from Detroit. But 
no matter what the case was, when they had the ball in transition, they looked like an absolute terror. So if you're wondering whether or not the Bucks are going to try to force a lot of turnovers and have an aggressive scheme, well, I think the best I've seen the Bucks look this preseason is when they were forcing turnovers and were, be, were able to get out on the run. So that would suggest to me that if I'm Coach Kidd, I'm probably looking at that and thinking, oh, we look good when we force turnovers. How do we force turnovers? So it's a, it's a strange spot to kind of think about because they do look so good when they first turn, force turnovers, but that super aggressive scheme gives up a ton of threes, which kind of turns out to be what happened in the second half. Um, but first half was lovely, awesome, wonderful. Your thoughts, Frank? Yeah, it was interesting. I think the you know the positives for me, I think, lineup-wise, is that we've been asking to see a logical, uh, <laughs> real-world lineup that, that might actually have a chance of, of starting a game or at least playing major minutes, uh, which we haven't necessarily seen enough of uh, in the preseason so far, and I think we got that tonight. Uh, Matthew Delvedova was basically the only guard on the court, and then we saw the sort of Jumbo, uh, Giannis, Mirza, Jabari, Plumley combination. Uh, in addition to Del- uh, you know, Delvadova didn't shoot, uh, did dish out four assists, uh, at least a couple lost. Uh, you know, the nice part about this group, and not that it's unique to this group, because I think sort of the theme of the preseason is that you know when Giannis obviously when he gets the ball, he's going. They're trying to find Giannis. He's leading the offense. Um, you know, you can allow Del Vidova to obviously uh, initiate at times and, and do that at times, but but Delhi knows <laughs> Delhi knows what's up. You know, it's not like Jared Bayless uh, a year ago, last couple of years, who always seemed to want to slow the game down or you know would give Jabari a stink eye if he didn't get a pass or something like that. Uh, it, it just it seems like everything's just about like, hey Jabari, you got you know you picked up a loose ball or you know you got a rebound, take it up, you know whatever, go. Go go to work, and I think that was again what we saw tonight. I mean, you know, Jabari Parker. This wasn't like the best we're ever going to see of Jabari Parker. Seven out of fifteen from the field, eighteen points. Um, you know, we'll get to the second half. He ultimately had problems tracking Contavious uh, Caldwell Pope, which probably shouldn't be surprising given that KCP is a shooting guard and Jabari is obviously more of a three-four combo guy who obviously isn't a great defender. Um, but it worked for a while, and they were pretty disruptive. Uh, in that first half, you mentioned the steals, 10 steals total for the game, um, getting into passing lanes. And, you know, there were a bunch of plays where all the, the Pistons could do was really just try to wrap guys up uh, on the break or knock them down or, or whatever. And so uh, I think certainly from, from that group, there were definitely some positives. And um, another positive for me is that Michael Beasley didn't play. So happy, <laughs> happy about- well, speaking of positives, Frank, I can't think of anything more positive then our sponsor, Mac Weldon. And Frank, I am wearing my Mac Weldon t-shirt. Um, I believe it's called a Pima t-shirt. Uh, it's very comfortable. It's got a little V-neck on it, uh, which is nice. I wore it underneath something uh, last week, and you couldn't even tell, uh, thanks to that nice little V-neck. And it was super comfy, and I wasn't sweating a bunch, and it was great. I love it, and yeah, Mac Weldon's the best. I... Uh... I, like I said, I'm, I'm not wearing my hoodie right now. I do have it with me, though. I plan to wear it as I drive uh, cross-country this weekend. Uh, and if you see me next week at the Milwaukee Bucks home opener, ask me uh, about my socks. I got some 
green and dark blue socks. They're super comfortable. Uh, they, I saw them and I thought those make me think of the Milwaukee Bucks. I need some socks that I can wear and uh, and and have some Bucks pride in my socks. So I got those really comfortable socks. Um, I have some really comfortable underwear as well, Eric. I'm I'm not going to talk about them though, but <laughs> just go buy them, try them on. There's the money back guarantee uh, from Mac Weldon, so you have no risk. Getting- the underwear that we've mentioned uh, and giving a shot. And if you don't like it, uh, you'll be taken care of. But overall, uh, if you want stuff that's comfortable, uh, stuff that you can dress up, dress down, uh, that's versatile, uh, just to check out MacWalden.com. As you said, you know, pretty much any type of garment that you might want to wear, uh, you can find there. I'm so upset that you found some buck socks and I must have clearly looked over them, but that makes sense. Cause there's like, there were, I could not believe how many sock designs there were. I think there's like 25 different socks designs and they all look really cool. So I got like, I got two other pairs of socks, I think. And they're both oh. like, they're very comfortable and they look cool and they're different and unique. Uh, so if you're trying to get that sock game up, Mac Weldon would be the way to go. <laughs> Mac Cause I was just thinking about that. I'm, Man, I can't believe there were some Bucks ones and I missed them. Uh, obviously, not like it doesn't say like Bucks on them, but I, I'm upset that I missed that there was a color scheme there because that would have definitely been the way to go. Uh, but yeah, MacWeldon.com, there are sponsors, and as always, 20% off using the promo code. As Frank likes to say, just go on the internet and start typing in "lo Bucks" different places because apparently we're just we're just giving out money. But our promo code at MacWeldon is L-O-B-U-C-K-S. That'll be 20% off uh, using that promo code. So go ahead and do that today. I guess kind of taking, uh, just thinking about that first half was one thing that was exciting to me was there were some positive signs in the half court as well. There were times where I thought, oh, they got slowed down, they didn't score in transition, but, th- but then were able to do something positive out of it. There was there was some nice decision-making from Giannis in the pick-and-roll. Uh, there was a couple deli-oops. Uh, there was Jabari looking good in the half court. So there were times where, even though the, the narrative I'm sort of pushing is that they looked really good when they were out in transition forcing steals, there were times where they I thought they actually looked pretty solid in the half court um did you think you saw any progress there anything new in the half court at all tonight frank it was interesting and i don't know how much of it you can attribute to having Toledovic and delavadova on the court i mean especially mirza is going to be a much uh, a much quicker trigger from three than uh, really you know anybody short of maybe you know i don't know jason terry that you might start uh, at shooting guard uh, so even though you're going bigger with Toledovic instead of a guard, he's going to space the floor more than certainly Malcolm Brogdon will or you know Rashad Vaughn will even, uh, even though teams do play Vaughn to shoot. Uh, so it seemed like there was just a lot of space, and part of that was trying to get into offense early, obviously getting out on the break, getting some easy baskets that way. Uh, you know, we know that Andre Drummond, as good as he is, isn't really a, a rim protector per se. Um, you know, I think the Pistons only had three blocks tonight. Brett Drummond didn't have any. Uh, so it, it just seemed like there was a lot of room to operate. And I think one interesting thing that, that I think generally works in the Bucks' favor works in Giannis's favor. You know, we've probably, people have heard the general notion that teams in today's NBA don't help as much because of three-point shooting. So 
even though the Bucks as a team are obviously not a great three-point shooting team. I mean, another bad night tonight, 4-17 from three. Uh, defenses in general are, are not based around over-helping and, and swarming, even though the Bucks do a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that works to the Bucks' advantage because uh, teams want to play them kind of straight up, and there just aren't many teams that can play guys like Giannis and Jabari straight up without helping. And I think that'll be an interesting thing to watch over the course of the season. Uh, and obviously we can talk about it in this game as well in terms of like teams making adjustments and things of that nature. Uh, does it maybe take teams a little while to get a feel for how they have to defend the Bucks differently than maybe your average team, which is going to be more about trying to space the court and um, you know maybe can't punish help the way or sorry, can't punish sort of that like one-on-one type of, of attempted defense the way the Bucks might be able to. But um, I think that was an interesting thing today, and I, I don't know. I mean, just some games you just feel like there's a lot of room. Some games you just feel like there isn't room. Today was one of those games where it just felt like there was room. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see teams that don't have an elite wing defender, how they attempt to cover Giannis. Because I don't know if there's really a great way to go about it. Because if you go small on him to try to give someone quick that isn't that's going to be able to stay in front of him, well, he's just going to take him to the post. And then you worry about him getting in foul trouble. And if you want to go bigger on him, I, I know there was times in the first quarter where John Luer was on him. And, I mean, come on. John Luer doesn't have a chance. <laughs> I, I mean, it's John Luer. I Kudos to him for trying, but he just doesn't have a chance against Giannis if he just puts the ball on the floor. He doesn't even need a pick and roll to try to operate off the dribble uh, against a slower four-ish type player. So if you don't have that elite wing defender, it's going to it's gonna be really difficult to try to stop Giannis. So I think a couple of the takeaways I have from tonight is if they can turn teams over and get it out in transition, there's going to be nights where they look really good. And it, if the other team doesn't have an elite wing defender, and I mean, there's some out there, or I guess maybe a defender that is around Giannis's size and strength and quickness. So I don't know if you think Nick Batum is an elite defender, but he's kind of in that in that size and quickness range. So if you don't have one of those guys, it could be a long night for you. Um or it could be a, a long first half for you, and then maybe at halftime you get to make some adjustments and try to figure out exactly how it is you want to cover them. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's it's going to be interesting. And I think one thing I liked in this game was I talked about it earlier in the preseason was that a lot of the times when Giannis was running pick and roll in the middle that Jabari was also in the middle. And uh, I, I don't know if it was – it was purposeful on the Bucks' part, or if it just kind of happened, but it seemed like a lot of times tonight, Jabari was closer to the baseline, and Toledovich was coming up behind Giannis, and anytime you can kind of do that, that allows cleaner rim runs. I, I know we saw uh, Plumley get one, and if you look diagonally, it was well, behind him was Toledovich, and they couldn't really help into the lane on Plumlee because Toledovich was there, not Jabari. So it'll be interesting to see how they move those chess pieces around the board to make it easier for Giannis and, and try to find some ways to to actually make something happen. Um, so I'll be watching that, and I, I thought they did some some nice things. And as you said, or as I mentioned, in the recap both. Della Vadova and Toledovic seemed quite a bit more comfortable out there with the starting unit tonight. Yeah, so I think it'll be interesting to see uh, if that is something that Jason Kidd will 
use at some point during the regular season as a starting group. Um, I think certainly we'll be interested to see, you know, Tony Snell, the, the trade Michael Carter for Michael Carter Williams was made official on Monday. So, you know, as expected, he will be joining the team uh, at some point in the near future. Uh, he's nursing a, a sprained ankle right now that he uh, suffered, I think, a week ago. And he actually has had played pretty decently in the preseason so far. So hopefully he bounces back from that quickly and, you know, it doesn't turn into something where he, he's nursing that injury and it's reoccurring and whatever. You know, hopefully he can just kind of get on with it. But uh, until Snell is back, uh, Rashad Vaughn has been nursing his own ankle injury. I saw in the, uh, in, in the box score tonight, uh, New York's May, Jason Terry was listed as, as DNP with a right ankle sprain, not DNP old. Uh, oh. And even Beasley was DNP right elbow. So I don't know how real any of these injuries <laughs> are, if it's more just, you know, resting guys to rest them. But um, but we'll we'll have to see sort of how things evolve. Uh, was interesting to see, you know, Greg Monroe came off the bench uh, at center, didn't play well against his former team, 6-19 and shooting. Uh, Thon Maker got a fair bit of run with uh, Moose. And uh, John Henson also played a little bit. Um what about that third quarter, though? I mean, as I mentioned, the Pistons ended the first half on a 7-0 run and then really sustained that uh, into the third quarter. Um, and I, I don't know. I mean, you mentioned in the recap, it's the preseason. So, you know, stuff happens in the preseason. But this is three games now in a row where the Bucks have just hemorrhaged points in, during basically a full quarter uh, of basketball. Uh, you know, 41 to six run Indy, 37 to seven final quarter against the Bulls in the Mac Fun game, and tonight um, another kind of massive run. I forget what it was exactly, but something similar where they got outscored by you know almost 30 points basically over a, uh, an extended period. What is? I mean, what do you make of that? Is that a big deal? Should we be worried, or uh, is it too early for that? I think of all of the runs that we've seen, tonight would be the most worrisome. Uh, because it did actually involve the starters. And I, I think a lot of the other times we've seen kind of more scrubby kind of guys that were in the game <laughs> when it occurred. And and sure, there's been uh, some more of the talented guys in there because you have to fill out a five-man lineup, but it, it's been more of the training camp, training camp body guys that are, that are just there, which is, I mean, it's going to happen in the preseason, and that's not really a big concern. But this is essentially against the lineup that did so well in the first half, that did look so good in the first half. And I, I guess one thing that kind of sticks out is that for Giannis and Jabari when they're the lead guys and I mean it goes without saying with Delvadova or Tladovic or Plumley that of those five guys they're not the I don't know if Chris Middleton isn't really a type but when the Bucks were struggling they would go to Middleton last year and it would be inefficient don't get me wrong but at some point, Middleton... Tough Shot Express. Correct. The Tough Shot Express would lead to a bucket at some point. And, the, and for the most part, that would stop the bleeding. Things would be fine. They would steady a little bit, and the Bucks would be okay after that. And it just, with Giannis and Jabari not having the most consistent outside shots, if their outside shot goes cold, teams have made some halftime adjustments. All of a sudden, they're seeing more help when they're trying to drive there's not really 
a guy or maybe not a, a as clear of a guy that's going to break them out of said slump. Um, so, so that's going to be interesting to see which one of those two really kind of tries to find their way and be the guy that's kind of the slump buster. And again, it's not going to be pretty. A lot of the times getting out of that slump and stopping the bleeding can be ugly and can have some missed shots in it. And, but at some point someone kind of has to do that. And I, it's, it's just tough because those guys don't have as consistent of an outside shot. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Somebody somebody texted me um, about the or texted me tweeted to me about the runs and or about the defense as, or the, sorry not the defense the the second unit and the bench in particular. And uh, you know I was kind of thinking about it. And it's like man, I I don't know about. I mean obviously the the starters are going to have to be good for this team or like decent for this team, um, but with the bench i really can't decide if this bench is potentially going to be good or terrible or it's just kind of hard to figure out because there's obviously some talent there but you know as you've been saying all preseason getting it to fit uh especially you know like toledovich you know can you play toledovich and monroe together well offensively that makes a ton of sense but can you do it defensively Mm -hmm. um and obviously now you're seeing you know without michael carter williams you obviously lose talent um, at the lead guard position off the bench. Uh, so now there's a lot more pressure on Malcolm Brogdon, who's obviously not really a shot creator. Uh, and we'll see kind of what that means, because you've obviously got a bunch of other guys who are sort of there, but we don't know what, you know, we don't know what Rashad Vaughn can do. We don't know what Jason Terry can do, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, Beasley, who I'm sure is going to drive me crazy all year, um, but he obviously can create some shots or create his own shots, maybe not always his own points. Um, but it will be interesting <laughs> to see, and and I think, you know, for me the these big, giving up these big runs, I think, really stood out to me in the Indiana game. I think what really stood out to me in the Indiana game was there were a couple plays where it just seemed like guys, and and not just kind of the usual suspects, but like you know Jabari just like didn't try. I mean, well, I guess you'd say Jabari is a usual suspect defensively, but <laughs> uh, but Jabari just like kind of you know let didn't give like a real half-hearted effort uh, in like a 15 second period on both ends Malcolm Brogdon like just sort of let a loose ball go I don't know it's just like very strange and and obviously these last two games uh you know again just like these massive runs and I don't know you just wonder like what I mean I joked about it on Twitter like well what are they what do they talk about in huddles <laughs> like when <laughs> this is happening um you know a lot of times these are you know BC unit guys from the other team as well uh and I think my big concern is just that, you know, again, you just have a team that, um, for whatever reason, the coaching staff maybe just hasn't been able to get them on the same page. And um, something about what they're doing just, you know, isn't clicking with these players. And uh, again, I mean, you know, preseason is preseason. It doesn't count. doesn't necessarily indicate what's going to happen in the regular season. But I think especially for a young team that's going to rely on depth that can't afford to just expect Giannis Jabari to just, you know, they're not Durant and Westbrook uh, in their glory days of OKC. I mean, they're not just going to carry this team to wins night in and night out. They're, they're hopefully going to be really good, but um, but they're still growing as players as well. So I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just I'm just kind of at a loss, and I just, you know, uh, let's just say seeing the Bucks in the preseason is, you know, in some ways it's 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 good because it's been reinforcing to me that Giannis and Jabari are, you know, they are emotionally preparing themselves to be the guys they are carrying themselves like they are the guys on this team mm-hmm. uh and looks capable of being the guys 
Um, but I'm also not seeing any reason why um, I should change my opinion that this is, you know, a lottery team, a low 30s win team, and one that, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm still trying to reconcile how this team gets to be average in either offense or defense right now. Um, and I think maybe we're seeing some signs on the defensive side uh, at times. But uh, it's going to be a work in progress, it just seems like. Um, I don't know. I don't know how, how you're feeling. Not not to overreact, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, for me, it's tough because I don't necessarily know that it could be coaching. Like, uh, I feel like a thirty to six run, forty to eight, whatever all these runs have been. There has to be some sort of will inside you that says, "All right, I am sick of getting scored on and not scoring. Like, I'm going to do something about this." Because, like tonight what could they have said in any of those timeouts other than, all right, someone has to get to KCP. If he brings it up in transition, find him. If he has the ball, find him. And it just doesn't happen. So as a coach, I, I just struggle to think what they could, what they could really try to tell you there. And, and I guess it speaks a little bit to just how much Chris Middleton held everything together in that as there's no one that can really cover uh, a shooting guard now. And then, Again, I know Chris Middleton can't cover shooting cards. Whatever, that's fine. But he, he did. I just, disagree with that. <laughs> I disagree with that. Again, okay. I just know the comment sections and what I see on Twitter. Yeah, okay, whatever. Chris Middleton can't guard him. If you thought he couldn't guard shooting guards, well, tonight was hopefully eye-opening for you. Uh, but it, it's just he held everything together for them, and when he he when he got injured i mean we all knew how big of a, a void they would have to fill at the shooting guard position and there's just not really someone capable of it and at the same time i think there's part of the there's a little bit of a leadership void as well and Janssen and jabari are trying to figure out how to be the guys but they're young and they haven't done it before and they don't necessarily know how to do that quite yet so they're trying to figure those things out so like you said it it would there's times when I think, oh man, these guys know exactly what they're doing. The Bucks are going to win 45 games this year. Look at how good they are. And those other times happen, like the third quarter. So you see the second quarter, but you see the third quarter. And I think that's kind of what it's going to be night to night for the Bucks this season. Because I don't, I don't necessarily see a steady hand anywhere on the roster that it's going to be night in night out. This team's going to have something figured out either offensively or defensively. I think some nights they're really going to be able to get after it and turn people over and really get out and run. And I think there's going to be other nights where they can't get anything going offensively and they're going to get blown out. Uh, so I think it's going to go back and forth. And uh, I guess a young team is often an inconsistent team. And I think we're going to see a lot of that this year. Agreed. And I think uh, on the topic of inconsistency, um, Thon Maker had a, another <laughs> fairly inconsistent game. Although I suppose that's better than... Uh, in many ways, what we saw uh, last game from him, just in terms of really not making any impact at all. Um, tonight, uh, missed his first few shots, uh, but did end up two out of six, hit a mid-range jumper, uh, caught an alley-oop, and then had a nice finish from Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, four points, 17 minutes, uh, one offensive rebound, one defensive rebound, uh, no assists, steals, blocks, turnovers, or fouls. He had a... Uh, Played seven minutes and had a seven trillion in the first half. Uh, did not register a single stat, 
which it's difficult. Um, is difficult. Um, and it, for anyone wondering what a trillion is, just Google it. Um, but it's basically uh, became kind of a statistical uh, oddity of the NBA. Guys who played minutes and then in the box score had, uh, what is it, I guess, uh, Whole Not, bunch of zeros. Nine zeros? It, but, no, more than that, right? No. Uh, tw- Twelve, I guess. There you right? go. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, played a little better in the second half, but certainly, um, you know, completely outplayed by by Henry Ellenson tonight. Um, scored fourteen points. The former Marquette star, Rice Lake superstar Henry <laughs> Ellenson, uh, five of eight, three out of three from deep. Um, I'm sure some uh, local basketball uh, talking head will talk about how how great Henry Allenson was uh, tomorrow and who knows maybe Henry Allenson will be a good NBA basketball player but I think as far as Thon goes um, well I'll tell you I mean I, I I think we have talked a fair bit about you know starting in summer league really even before the draft that we didn't really see him his ball skills really translating at the NBA level we didn't look at him as a guy who was going to be able to put it on the floor anytime in the near future or do anything kind of advance the ball. And I don't think anything we saw in Vegas or, or in the preseason has changed that. Um, you know, he hit another mid-range jumper tonight and he had a, and he finished off an alley-oop. And that seems like pretty much the two things that, you know, you're probably going to see from him this year offensively. Um, the thing that worries me the most is that he's not rebounding. I think he's got eight rebounds in 68 minutes, which is terrible. Uh, and he has one block, and I don't think he has any steals, uh, in, or maybe one steal in those 68 minutes. So he's really not, I mean, whatever activity level that he's able to maintain, and obviously he moves well, um, it really doesn't translate statistically. <laughs> and yeah. uh, that makes me a little nervous, not necessarily that, oh, he's you know never going to be good or never going to be impactful, but certainly in the sense of he's a guy who is probably older than his list age and obviously you know we heard john hammond and jason kidd both talk about him being a potential uh, rotation guy this year uh it worries me if he's a 7-1 guy who isn't going to be able to be strong enough to rebound and he doesn't have sort of necessarily the instincts right now to be um you know a, a big shot blocker either so i don't know i mean i don't want to make too big a deal out of the first you know three weeks of his NBA career, especially given that he was out for the first week with the wrist injury. But, you know, it's better if you are doing stuff that the box score counts and making an impact. And obviously he's kind of having a hard time doing that. And it seems like the strength issue is, is a pretty big one for him, but I don't know. What was your take, you know, watching him, not just tonight, but the last few games, um, you know, has, has your opinion of whether Thon maker is, is going to play anytime soon? Uh, changed at all or, or what do you see from him i don't think they're trying to play to his strengths at all um it it's just strange to me that you'd run a pick and roll with thon maker and have him roll like i don't i don't think that's what his role would be i would think you would have him pick and pop and when you see greg monroe post up you see Giannis post up you see jabari post up whoever it is you see someone on the block and Thon is opposite of him instead of staying out for a spot up three, which someone like Mirza Toledovich would do, and someone who you think is going to be a shooter would do, they have him cut. And for a seven foot one player, yes, he does have great quickness and he he can move around well, but a Thon maker cut is 
straight down the middle of the lane isn't the same as a Giannis cut down the middle lane or a Jabari cut down the middle lane. He's not quite as explosive. He doesn't have quite as good of ball skills. It, it can really only end with him being covered and kind of running the other way. And maybe every once in a while he, he might sneak on the backside like he did for that uh, lob that he got from Malcolm Brogdon. But it, it's just weird to see them say that they want to see him shoot and do those things and then he's doing so many other things. And I guess it's kind of the same way defensively that I I commented it on the other night that they just seem to be encouraging him to run around as much as possible and kind of, I don't know, I guess it's supposed to be energy, but it, to me, it's kind of fake energy. They just have him running around all over the place and go try to trap this and just essentially sprint around and see what you can do. And to me, it makes sense that he's not getting a lot of rebounds because a lot of the times he's out challenging a three-point shooter because he's running around all over the place. And some of it may be coaching and some of it may just be Thon trying to figure out how to make an impact. And maybe that's the way that that he thinks he can at this point. Um, but it, it's just been interesting. I thought we'd see them try to have a very disciplined Thon that was sticking around the basket and you'll deal with him missing some box outs and maybe not being strong enough to rebound. But I don't even know if he's getting a chance to rebound because they have him doing so many other things. Yeah, it's an interesting question. I think, um, you know, on the one hand, offensively, if uh, given the amount of time that he's seemingly – you know, especially, on, you know, you mentioned, I think, some of the post-ups, like when Greg Monroe got the ball. I mean, a few times I just remember Thon kind of cutting through. And, you know, it seems like that's like what you would tell John Henson to do if he was playing power forward with, with Monroe, right? Because mm-hmm. John Henson's not going to scare anybody standing 20 feet from the hoop. But with Thon, um, you know, if he's going to do that, if he's going to be in the basket area, then he's got to be able to use that energy to, to get second chances and, and putbacks and things like that. We really haven't seen him be able to do that uh so far and obviously if he's not doing that then you might as well try to rely on the fact that he has some interesting mid-range slash long-range shooting ability that i think the bucks seem open to letting him explore which i'm i'm fine with and defensively yeah, tough i mean they've obviously used him in different ways and you know they they had him pressuring the ball a lot in that indie game uh, and, you know, he was guarding Tobias Harris at times tonight, so he's guarding different types of guys, and, you know, I think his footwork and general abilities are still encouraging, you know, just from a movement standpoint, but mm-hmm. obviously we're still waiting to see him be able to translate that into um, kind of a more tangible impact on the game and, and production. Um, you know, his, his, he, he did have a big rebound at one point in traffic, but it, it's hard, I mean, when you're, you know, 7-1 and you don't have much much of a base uh, you know, it's going to be hard to kind of battle on the boards, especially if you've got the likes of Andre Drummond running around out there. So, uh, you know, I hope he continues to, you know, I guess we, we're almost here at the end of the preseason, unfortunately, just one game left. You know, trot him out there, get him 25 minutes, 30 minutes. Obviously, we'd be fine with that, whether the Bucks haven't wanted to play him that many minutes so far. But, uh, yeah, it'll certainly be interesting to see if uh, where this sort of leaves him in the rotation. Beasley just because he's not wasting offensive possessions uh, and he does have some more versatility defensively but I think obviously we're still a ways away from feeling like Thon is is you know clearly helping you when he's on the court and, and look he's a rookie we may we may not see that at all this year um, but I think the main thing is just you know hopefully we see some of that progression and um, obviously he'll have to be on the court to see it and I guess that'll be the interesting thing is, is uh, can you get on the court and 
Um, certainly right now, you know, we've talked a lot about that. That may be challenging, but certainly if you start Kaletovich, it becomes a little bit easier. It'll be interesting to see once Tony, uh, Tony Snell is back, if uh, if the Bucks go more, go more traditional and, and maybe put him in the starting five. I think we touched on everything that we wanted from that game. Anything else you can think of? Otherwise, I think that's it. Nope, I think that's it. Thanks to Mac Weldon, MacWeldon.com for great shirts, hoodies, underwear, socks, sweatpants. Um, if you want something that's comfortable, uh, go check out MacWeldon.com. Use our promo code uh, LOBUCKS uh, to get that 20% off on your first purchase. And uh, shoot us a note. Shoot us a question. Brewhoop at gmail.com. I'm at Brewhoop on Twitter. Eric is at Eric slash underscore, or slash underscore, Eric <laughs> underscore name, N-E-H-M. Um, we appreciate everybody listening to us as well as the Lockdown Network. It has been doing awesome lately. So uh, if you do have any other teams you have any interest in, please give a listen to uh, all of our friends across the Lockdown Hoops Network. And we will talk to you again tomorrow.